Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demisexual girl, that's me, Kayla. And non-binary, the dollar bean, Bodo. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, BTS. Sounds fake, but okay. Welcome back to the pod. Maala, Maala, Malala, but it's hard to do um, Malala. Malala, yeah, that's kind of hard. I picked a bad one. Okay, Nelson Mandela. Oh, Menyungi. Ah, that's so true. Menyungi. Are there any other? No other M's. Jimin. Jimin. Perfect. Wow. Okay. Sure. We've just started. Um. Uh. T- Kayla. Before we dive in, do we have any housekeeping? Uh. I don't think so. Cool. This house has been kept. No news from me. <sighs> no news. Uh. Obviously, we have we have a guest this week, and our lovely guest pertains to what we're talking to. So, Kayla, what are we talking about this week? And then we can introduce our lovely guest. This week, we, and by we, I mean Sarah and our guests, and I'm just going to kind of hang out here, are talking about BTS. Hold on. To be clear, this is not just BTS cast. We're bringing it, we're talking about queerness and A-spec things and queer things. Well, yeah, it's not like we're just changing the genre of our podcast. I just want to, like, all the people who are like, I'm going to leave now, don't. Me too. Also because our guest is wonderful. Hey, hey, our guest, who are you? Yes, hello. Tell the people who you are. Hello, my name is Bodo. I am the transcriber of this podcast. Um, Kayla and I met about two years ago at a workplace that shall not be named, but we've been very good friends ever since. And I started transcribing the podcast last year in August. And then one day at 2 a.m. when I was staying up for a BTS concert, I was transcribing the podcast and I saw that Sarah was interested in BTS. (laughs) And I left some deranged, like, you know, sleep deprived comments saying, why haven't we talked about this? And then Kayla made a group chat that I think she very much regrets. Uh And we've all been friends ever since. Yeah. Yeah, Poto became yes. my um, like my my BTS parent, you know, just bringing cool. me up in in the world of Army. Uh, we also never text not in that group chat just to annoy Kayla. Um, One yeah. time, I accidentally texted Sarah, and we felt really wrong about it. Yeah, we never did. So we had I to mostly just ignore the group text. Yeah, because it's things I don't understand, but it's comforting to know it's there. You know. Yeah, we're just vibing. We're just existing. But I feel like this episode has been kind of a long time coming because it's something that it's been it's been tossed around. You're obviously very familiar with the podcast, maybe too familiar. So, yeah, we're we're just going to going to kind of dive in here uh, for anyone out there who does not know who BTS is. They are a K-pop group. They are from South Korea. There are seven of them. They make music. BTS stands for Bangtan Sonyeondan, if that 
matters to any of you. Um, but they've been around for a couple years and they have really broken into the West, I guess, in a way that a lot of K-pop groups hadn't previously. And they've kind of just become a little, a little international sensation. Some people call them a boy band. Some people don't care. It's just the way it be. It's definitely brought a lot of people together from a lot of different places. Also, people who are fans of BTS are called ARMY. That's relevant, probably, to this conversation. So, Kayla, I do urge you to participate. Please don't just check out. (laughs) Uh, Well, I was also going to say that Poto should give their kind of BTS credentials, I guess. Oh, yeah. I am a writer on the side. I attend school for writing, so maybe not on the side. I'm trying to be a writer when I grow up. So I started... He's 25, still waiting to grow up. (laughs) Yeah, trying my best. Um, I started a magazine last year during quarantine with our friend Nikki because we we're both interested in literature and BTS. So we thought, oh, these guys have some really cool themes in their work that inspires us in our own literary work and writing. So why don't we create a space for other people to do the same? So we started Dream Glow Mag. And we just, you know, have issues. We host events, a variety of things for people who like BTS, like to write, like to read, like to just have fun. We love creativity fueled by other people's creative work. We have to stand. Yes. Poro, do you want to start off telling us about kind of how BTS has helped you with your like journey to understanding your own queerness because i think that's an interesting place to start especially for people who like don't have a ton of context as to what the group is uh, is about and what they do yeah absolutely i think one thing to clarify is that these people aren't really allowed to talk about their dating lives let alone their sexuality Mm -hmm. so a lot of is just like me kind of reading their music or like interpreting things my own way and finding comfort in them not to say that they're not queer but you know we don't really know So for me, I found BTS early in 2019 when I was kind of looking for a job and really helpless in the world. And the thing about BTS is that they provide a lot of just like happiness and serotonin and you watch a video and you can just see that they genuinely love each other, love their fans, are really happy to be here. I'm a, you know, like former One Direction fan or whatever. Um, I've been in that culture and it just, I think... Like, one of the things that really stands out to me is just how happy they are to be there. They're really, BTS is not treating this like it's a job. It's genuinely, you know, bringing them the same kind of joy that it is bringing their fans. They're very genuine. And I feel like a lot of, like, K-pop groups are seen as being, like, an industrial, like, sort of thing where they're they're just, they've been uh, manufactured. They're kind of are manufactured in a way, aren't they? Like, the way a lot of big K-pop groups are put together in South Korea. Yeah. To a certain extent, yes. But I think BTS has really broken out of that. And, like, I think they're allowed a little bit more freedom than some other groups. And so, like, what you see is kind of what you get with BTS, um, which I think is part of the international appeal. But continue. Yeah. Celebrity culture is just weird like that. We don't really know what exactly is going on, but they seem to be genuine. Yeah. I think there are a few levels of the queerness and BTS thing in my experience, which is that I think the first of all is that, you know, I was freshly out of college and I was missing so much of that whole found family mess and just my friends and living with them and just being with them. And 
I kind of saw that reflected in how BTS were with each other. You know, each of them have a very unique friendship with each other, but also all seven of them together, you know, they live together, even though they're gazillionaires that, you know, they have their own apartments, but they kind of choose to live with each other to an extent where Jimin and J-Hope just live in the same room. Like, okay, I guess- They can't be apart. I'm not that attached to my friends, but it was really just like wonderful to see. And I was kind of projecting my own loss onto them. And that helped a lot. And a lot of their music, especially since um, 2017 or 18, so much of it is has like gender neutral lyrics. There are songs that can be kind of seen as having queer messaging or just like when I see them, I think like, oh, this is how I feel in my own queerness. Um, I think I didn't really label my sexuality for a long time. And in August of last year, I saw this tweet that was like, oh, I may be a lesbian, but if Jimin wanted to kiss me, would I say no? And then I thought about it and I was like, wait, am I only not calling myself a lesbian? Because I would really, you know, kiss all of BTS given the (laughs) 0.001% chance. And I think I talked to you about it too, Kayla, where... I kind of talked about, you know, having celebrity crushes on men, but really just them being celebrity crushes. And and you kind of explained the whole, like, aesthetic attraction bit to me. And then I tried to find any men in real life that I was actually attracted to and just came out zero. Don't exist. And I was like, wow, a tweet about being a lesbian and German. I get it now. But I think um, BTS have also been really helpful in, helping me figure out my gender identity which they kind of have the speech from the UN where RM kind of said you know we love you no matter what your gender identity and that kind of always you know struck a chord with me because for BTS to acknowledge something like that is is very very special given that they're not really allowed to talk about a lot of these things in Mm -hmm. you know where they come from but another thing was that they have these things called BT21, which are these characters that they created and Yungi, who is Sarah's bias, or maybe. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's so um, true. <laughs> has actually insisted on saying these guys shouldn't have any gender. And everyone's like, oh yeah, they shouldn't have any gender. And that kind of followed up with little tidbits. And in October, they did a, a concert, live stream concert where for one of the performances, Kayla has just disappeared. Sorry, Kayla's camera just fell down. Dealing with the cat is hard. I just saw you. I just saw you pick up the cat, and then you disappeared. <laughs> anyway, yes. Anyway, so in the online concert that they were doing, that had like a million viewers, there was one song, "Filter," which was performed by Jimin, who is arguably one of the most you know, androgynously dressed among them. They're honestly, they're kind of like flex stereotypes. They don't give a shit what they wear. Yeah. yeah. You know, they were very pro makeup and things like that. But this performance was really important to me because he was kind of like at the beginning of the song, he was like dressing up. He was just like admiring a mannequin who was dressed in a skirt and he was trying on her clothes. And then in the second verse, all these men came and put on a suit on him. And then in the bridge he was like fuck it all you know fuck all everything i am jim and i am gender i am no gender i am all genders i don't know what exactly the message was i am the gender is jim and gender and i think 
that was something that meant a lot to me and really helped me kind of internalize the fact that it really doesn't matter how people perceive you in the world you've kind of need to come to this journey on your own and generous uh, fake yeah hell yeah, yeah. well because i feel like like bts you know as you mentioned there's they they can't publicly say a lot of stuff like that's part of that is just being in the k-pop industry part of that is just being so incredibly famous and well known that like you can't just say everything that's on your mind because there will be people will get backlash yeah people will get hurt yeah i i remember one time like they they mentioned something about the korean war and they uh they were like they said like about the Korean soldiers and the American soldiers, and then a Chinese company was like, "Well, what about the Chinese soldiers?" And they like pulled their sponsorship. And it's like it's like the anything one, they say. I forget who it was. Some celebrity had to like apologize to China for acknowledging that Taiwan yeah. was a country. I think it's like John Cena. John Cena was, <laughs> it was like John Cena. John Cena was like, "Sorry, China. I didn't mean that. This country that's definitely a country is a country. Like it's." Yeah. Before BTS, my my big fandom was wrestling, and before acting, John Cena's big profession was wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then he started being a BTS stan, also. So they're hell yeah, he is. He, he is a BTS stan. Yeah. He loves BTS. Yes. John Cena was um, taught to be like an international rep by WWE, and he kind of learned Chinese just for mm-hmm. that market. So that makes sense. That yeah. Um, but- but point being, there's a lot of stuff that they can't say or they have to be very careful about. But, like, they – even with what they don't say, like, the way they present themselves and, like, I know that a lot of that is just, like, stylists and, like, whatever. But, like, you know, they they do, like, gender-bending things sometimes. And, like, as you mentioned, like, they have intentionally had, like, gender-neutral, like, language in their songs. And, like, you know, sometimes it's, like – okay, they can't say certain things out loud, but sometimes it's, like, what they don't say, like, the the stereotypes that they don't play into, which, like, makes a difference. And I feel like that... I feel like maybe it's just the circles I run in, but I feel like so many of the armies that I know and I see are queer. Mm-hmm. There are so... I feel like any army I see is super queer, and probably because I'm, like, on ACE Twitter all the time, there are so many ACE army. They are, like... <laughs> We're everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And BTS's journey, too, is very interesting and kind of exemplary because they didn't start out being so cool and so cool. You know, they were teenage boys. They were, like, hormonal as fuck. They were writing things about how much they love girls. And, you know, they were, like... Cook was 15. He was 15. Yeah, he was 15. They were getting canceled left and right. And they very slowly kind of learned, you know, that we are about to have a Western audience and it's not just, you know, Korean fans and they kind of adapted to everything, learned, you know, educated themselves like Nam Joon, who is RM, the leader, he read up on history of American racism and he consults a feminist scholar every time they write lyrics and things like that. And I think wasn't there a song that they like rewrote or re-released that was like like you were telling me about this poem. Maybe they had a song that was kind of like can be read as misogynist from like 2014 and then they wrote an apology-ish song that just like celebrates women left and right. Lots of things. And also they they haven't performed that song in a very long time. I don't think they'll ever perform it again to be honest. It's kind of catchy. <laughs> it is. It's a good <laughs> I song. Like, I mean, it's a good song. I don't know. <laughs> 
it's like women are world's greatest invention and who am I to argue with that? Hodo's like, I'm not a woman, so I can listen yeah. to it and not be offended. So it's fine. <laughs> and then I can listen to it as a woman and say, on behalf of all women, this is fine. There's a line that's like, yes, I'm a bad boy, so I like bad girl. And it's like a 15-year-old singing this. And it's just like, yes, thank you. Yes, I am bad boy. Yeah. But yeah, I think... Like, there are so many queer armies, and I feel like a lot of times with, like, the quote-unquote, like, boy bands and, like, stan culture, you know, this definitely falls into, like, people on the outside assuming that it's just, like, oh, it's, like, teenage girls who are just, like, attracted to them and they have a crush on them. And, like, Kayla is, yes? I'm raising my hand. I saw a TikTok the other day of this girl being, like, oh, now I know why I never had a One Direction phase. It's because I'm a lesbian. And I was, like... No, that's not how it works. I was like, no. good for you. Under like now realizing that you're queer, but also shut the fuck up. One Direction has some great lesbian anthems. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Truly. Story for another day. <laughs> queer icon Harry Styles. Yeah, next yeah, episode oh, we have yeah. Did Harry Styles just get married? No. No. I saw a thing that he got married, and I was like, please don't, don't believe me. everything you see on the internet, Kayla. That's why I asked. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's true. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think with BTS's audience, like, my my mom is ARMY. She, like, I got her into Julie BTS. loves BTS. <laughs> she does. She sends me a BTS video every day. Um, but... You know, like there's there's a lot of diversity age wise in terms of like like race and like where people are from, but also in terms of sexuality and like orientation um, among army. And I feel like, you know, it's it's so lovely to see a group where it's like, oh, everyone who likes this group is just going to be like a teenage girl who's attracted to them. But there are so many people in the fandom who are not even attracted to men not like (laughs) and i think i think it definitely does break a lot of the the expectations and i think a lot of the reason that those queer people are drawn to bts is because of the the vibes they give off and like the the genuineness of them and like the 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 kindness and the you know fuck the fuck the norms we don't want to do that uh that's just a part of their who they are at this point yeah i think the language thing also plays into it people are obviously very quick to write them off because they're like oh i don't want to listen to this foreign music because you know they've never heard of google or the fact Mm -hmm. that translations exist and you can just look these up and i think that kind of ties along with why there are so many queer fans because the messages in their songs are incredibly you know fuck the patriarchy fuck all sorts of norms like they'll talk about you know social class and you know, generation divides and things like that. But also uh, I'm thinking of one song called Stigma where the singer is like, it's like, I'm sorry, my father, I'm sorry, my sister. It's just a kind of like, I've brought my family to shame. And anyone kind of non-straight who has kind of had that kind of sexuality crisis, I just said kind of three sentences in a row, who has had a sexuality or any kind of identity crisis will relate to it because it's not saying why I'm sorry to my entire family, but it is going through this, I am, you know, experiencing a lot of change and I'm not sure who I am kind of thing. And it's relatable no matter 
what your own identity is. Yeah. And I feel like, too, with, like, when music is in your native language, like, you can understand it, but you don't always pay attention to it. And and when it's in another language, like, you know, you're like, oh, I want to know what they're saying. And so then you look it up, and then you look at the translations, and you're like, oh, shit, like, this this shit's meaningful and like it you know and and so you really notice like the very gender neutral stuff you notice like all of that and so i think that's also kind of a a side effect of it of it being in uh what is for a lot of people a foreign language is because they they like really look at the lyrics and they're like oh because like when it's like in english you just like oh i just hear i just hear bits and pieces i don't often like just stare at the lyrics you know yeah Another important thing I think has an overlap with queer fans is mental health. And they are very open to talk about their own struggles in a way I think hasn't been done in K-pop or even Western media before. And they're very open about seeing therapists, being depressed, going through hard times and just kind of breaking stereotypes in their own country as well as in broader music industry. Yeah. Because we know all the queers do be depressed. All the queers do be ill. We do be ill. Dude, they literally have a line that's, I'm ill. (laughs) (laughs) So, here we are. I have a question. Yeah. Please. I just thought I'd enter my own podcast with a question. To me, as someone who is a complete outsider, but under things on a very understands things on a very service level like you're talking about how like they all live together and they're very good friends do you think that's maybe part of the reason why like aces and arrows are so drawn to bts and kind of like a like qpr like emphasizing friendship very hard way because it just seems like it fits with like the a spec mindset i guess they're very unapologetic about how close they are and like how much they matter to each other and like the relationships that they have with one another and like i've i've read that like you know part of that is like in korea it's it's more acceptable for like men to just be friends with men and not have it be like a weird no homo thing but like it's definitely also there's another layer of it where like they you know they have spent a lot of time living together and they spend all of their time like they they're busy people and they're always working and so they're always with each other and you know you can see like the genuine bond and care that they have for each other because they're constantly feeding us with content. And so like, you're, you're not just getting like, Oh, this is an interview on a late night show. Like, you know, there's run BTS and like random, like other things. That's like, when they go on vacation, they always record that. Yeah. It's just them painting or sleeping or camping. And it's just so peaceful. It's great. In, in, in the soup, is the most calming, wonderful. It's literally just like eight 30 minute episodes of them being on vacation. They're in a doing forest. Nothing. They're, They're in, in the forest. Vibing. And it's so nice. I just wonder like, because they are not able to talk about any romantic or sexual relationships they have, which is not like, I, you know, it's not great if they're being forced to do that. I understand doing that for privacy reasons as their own choice. But I feel like almost part of that is because they don't, it makes them a lot more relatable to A-specs who are just like, I feel like it's almost kind of like an A-spec, like for some people, an idealized reality of like, I can just live with my friends forever, like not having to worry about like 
what am I going to do when my friends get in relationships and move and we can't be roommates anymore? Like, it just feels like kind of like an ideal situation for a lot of aspects who are like worried about losing their friends, you know? I think there's definitely something to that. I, you know, it's, it's hard for me as an aspect, like looking at them, like knowing that they're not allowed to publicly date, like, you know, that sucks for them. Like if that's what they want to do, like if they, if they want to have relationships or like, you know, if they want to have non- heteronormative relationships like you really can't say shit about that and so like obviously that's very difficult and i don't want them to have to go through that but also you know and like the a lot of the reasoning for that is to avoid like drama but also because they're like oh because then fans can like think they have a chance and it's like what the fuck no one you don't have a chance what are you talking about um but like you know the the a spec in me like appreciates that because like i like sure they have songs that are about like romance and whatever but like you know as as we've talked about on this podcast before like so many songs are just about love and romance and blah 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 blah. and a lot of bts songs are not and so like the combination of like that and being able to see them just living their lives without constantly like chasing like sex and romance visibly at least for for from my vantage point um is it's it's kind of nice. So, like, it's hard for me because, like, on one hand, it's, like, I want them to, to do whatever the fuck they want. But on the other yeah. hand, like, it's 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 nice to finally maybe see that a little bit. Yeah, yeah I was it does suck yeah. that it's, like, obviously not their choice. But it seems nice, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say on the love songs thing, I was trying to think that most of my, almost all of my favorite BTS songs have nothing to do with love or romance. Like, my one of my favorite songs is Black Swan, which is... I'm in this art. What if someday I no longer have this talent? What do I do with my life? That's the end. And that's something I'm really scared of. Or Moon, which is just Jin is the moon, Army is the earth, and we love him. It's a love song for Army, is what it is. A love song for Army. And it's so wonderful. And it's things like that, I think, that also make them stand out for me, is because they're not really singing about generic topics. Except for when they're trying to top the Western charts, and then they do that with their pandemic anthems, and those are bops too. But they're also they're not. Bops. They're also not about love. They're about butter. They're about butter. Butter is the song I have heard most of BTS because all over TikTok, and it's just smooth like butter. And for the longest time, I did not know it was BTS because they're singing in English. So I was like, mm-hmm. "Who is this English yeah. singer?" They have, they have and it wasn't. Three. Three full English songs. Three full English songs. Dynamite, Butter, and the new one, Permission. Is it just to- about butter? I've never listened to the full song. It's no, it's just about having fun. It's about having fun. Okay. It makes more sense than Dynamite, if you look at the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. The lyrics to Dynamite don't really make sense. Good for no. them. No. But they talk about LeBron, which is a good choice of a basketball yeah. Jump up to the top. LeBron. The new one they mentioned, Elton John. Well, Elton John. Um, well, no, LeBron, Usher, and then Elton John. There's like a, an American pop culture reference. In, but, in, all in three Butter, yeah, in Butter, they mention Usher. Usher is a very yeah. interesting choice. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. We got off track. Ace Miss. Ace Miss. Oh yeah, huh. I feel like my a lot of two of their like more like love song songs are not like their title tracks like their their songs that are released as like singles and like 
are like the big ones um or they're just like older songs where it's like it was kind of while they were still getting their footing and trying to figure out what they were doing yeah um and so it's like i mean there there are wonderful songs that they have that are more like quote-unquote love songs but like those are derpy too it's like your dimples are illegal that's why i call you illegal girl yeah it's like that is not the dad puns take it back it is it is yeah it's the most fucking Kim Sung Jin thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> horrible puns. King of horrible puns, Kim Sung Jin. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right though. They're, it's often very like think, think about a song like Friends where yeah. it's a um, duet between two best friends who have gone to high school together and now in this band together and they're literally singing to each other you are my soulmate. It's a t- and, like, look, there are always going to be shippers who, like, ship whatever members romantically, like, whatever. But, like, that song is explicitly platonic about a platonic friendship between two of the band members and how they've grown up together. And, like, because, like, none of them are, like, from the same area. Like, they were put together in this band, but they were so young when it happened that, like, they they have grown up together. And so it's it's just this really lovely song about like platonic soulmates and friendship and like all the things they've been through and the arguments they've had and like it's such a pure song and it's a bop. It's so good. It's got like gospel choir. It's great. <laughs> Truly a delight. But yeah, I think that definitely all does really just kind of come back into like the 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 chosen family bts's family sort of thing because it's been talked about a lot too about how all the members are very different like mm-hmm. when they first started out they were like how is this gonna work we're all so different um but you know they have they have found their their people and the way that the way that they can work together and you know it, i think it's it's a reminder to a lot of a lot of armies and a lot of whom are are queer armies that like you know you can kind of create your own family. You can create your own safe space. And, you know, some people have done that with other armies, like just as as fans. Like they've created their own little families with, with other fans. And it's, to a certain extent, it's not, a, it's not even always about the band or the music or the, the like, it's, it's about the community that you create around that. Um, and I think that's so often overlooked when people are talking about fandom because so much of fandom really is about community. That's so true. I always try to think about my closest friends and so many of them are ARMY and we don't have to necessarily talk about BTS to know that we have this bond, but BTS will help bond us. Like when I have a conversation with my friends, we'll talk about our own personalities, but we'll try to kind of, you know, subtly relate it to BTS. For example, in the last full album they had these songs that are like persona shadow and ego and so one of my icebreaker questions to anyone who's army or not army is what you know which member would be your persona so the one you're outwardly presenting who is your shadow the one you're trying to avoid that oh i am like this member or even this outside character from an unrelated fandom and who is your ego which is like your moon sign who was the one you are when no one is looking. And that doesn't necessarily have to be about a BTS member. You can apply it to any kind of fandom. And I think BTS creates content that can make space for so many different kinds of conversation. And they have 
so much out there that any one person can enjoy. So like, if you want to get into it, and if you want to sit down and invite your friend to watch something, you have so many different genres of things to choose from. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I'm sure there is drama, but I feel like BT like ARMY just seems a lot less toxic than a lot of other fandoms. But maybe I just don't know enough. ARMY can be toxic when other fans, particularly like, you know, just fan wars, people try to pick on BTS, I think, because of, you know, there's just a lot of misunderstandings and hate and like jealousy. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So I think they are attacking when attacked or provoked but within army i think there's a lot of respect and you know love unless it's like you know like the thing that sarah was saying some people who are like oh no these two people are definitely dating and like those people you want to avoid uh, these two members are fucking and i will die on this hill like or or people the kind of people i am i know who are like i am destined to marry this particular <laughs> member i'm going to write books that i hope that he will find and you know love me fall in love will get married i'm ready to leave my boyfriend for him type of attitude those are like extremes but i That's think mostly people are kind of neutral um is that why you're writing your book poto is that you hope that bts sees it and then marries you fall in love with me yeah <laughs> i knew <laughs> it that me, and then i'll be the eighth member even though i'm not korean oh my god is there yeah. like is there like yn fanfic about bts about um, yeah. like their mom oh, your yeah. mom like selling you and then the <laughs> like there was like such a one direction trope up, of like you wake up and your mom is and like, where's harry your mom is like we're broke i sold you to this man <laughs> for money and then it opens the door and it's like a cardboard cut out of harry and it's like oh my oh, god the one i know it's like um, I like wake up and I'm like, "Where's Harry?" And my mom's like, "Who do you think gave you your kidney?" Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or who do you think gave you your heart? Yeah. I also like the one that's like making fun of that, where it's like Niall. It's like, "Who do you think gave you your teeth?" <laughs> and he's got no teeth. <laughs> anyway, there's definitely why in fan fiction. Yeah, there absolutely that's... is, and I think, but I think a lot of the the aspects of the fandom that. I don't like that I distance myself from are like the aggressively aloe <laughs> parts of the fandom or like people who like sure you can speculate all you want like I I mean I would eat my own left arm if not a single one of them is queer like I I really would but like you know you, you can speculate without forcing things onto them like I hate it when people are like oh like they are definitely this, and I'm going to keep tweeting at them about it. It's like, no, no, stay out of their business. No. Well, They'll be like, like, oh, the M in his tattoo is so parallel to the J, so he must be in love with Jimin. And no, that's <laughs> not what that means. Well, also, <laughs> his name starts with a J, and he loves Army. The idea <laughs> that you would tweet at them, like, hey, are you like gay? Are you dating this person? Like, what do you think is going to happen? They're not going to answer you. Like, for they what? Fans, they don't tweet fans. Yeah, I feel like when when I was a fan of of One Direction and when I was a fan of Five Sauce, I my my band fandom kind of ended around the time that I became aware of my identity. Um, and I I think that was just a, a coincidence. But like you know, last time I was in a band fandom, I was presumably straight. Like I just kind of assumed I was. And so, you know, I was just like, oh, like, I guess I, like, I mean, they're attractive. Does that, like, what, 
Sure. Um, and then, like, I kind of, like, had different genres of fandom. And then this is kind of the first time that I have been, like, a fan of a band again, like, mm. since having been like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely Arrow Ace. And it's definitely a different experience being fully aware of my identity and being a part of this because it's like, well, yeah, they're attractive as fuck. I would stare at them all day. That, But, like, I don't like them just because they're attractive like i don't like them because i'm attractive to them like i like them because of what they're like and what they stand for and the music they make and like all these other things um and so i think being a part of a fandom where so many other people um acknowledge that and accept that is really wonderful because i feel like in the past in the fandoms i've been in like you know even if you're not straight, like, it's assumed, like, oh, well, you're probably into men. Yeah. So, when you were a fan of, like, One Direction and Five Sauce, did you feel pressure to pick one that you had a crush on? Um, I mean, everyone kind of had their favorite. Like, like with BTS, like, you have your bias. And, like, yes, but I never really viewed it, viewed it as a crush. It was more like, this is this is the one I choose. This is, like, okay. this is mine. Um, yeah um and so because luckily like as i mentioned on this pod before like i was very much like there was pressure to to be a certain way but i just for some reason didn't give a fuck very gratefully (laughs) very glad now that i just didn't give a fuck when i was younger um and so like you know i i would be like oh yeah like my favorite is is so and so but like it it was never like a I want to get married to them. <laughs> I used to really aggressively avoid media with women just to prove that I was straight. I was kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I love High School Musical and I wouldn't bat an eye on towards Cheetah Girls because I am not a lesbian. Um, and so that's why I was kind of into One Direction at the beginning. And then I went to a different high school where they had that kind of mentality. Oh, like One Direction is really lame because people who are teen primarily teenage girls like this and it's and therefore it must be bad yes it's uncool you'd have no music taste so i canceled that and started listening to like indie rock or whatever so then after i went to college and i became more aware of my queerness i was like oh it's actually that i really really want to look like zane and i also (laughs) don't really love harry styles and everything he stands for and i think that is kind of more the attitude I feel towards BTS that it feels more okay to be out to yourself and think more critically about what exactly you like about them because not no one is assuming it's only because you're attracted to them no one within the fandom at least yeah because they do carry so much depth beyond that yeah as you as you mentioned like kind of like avoiding like female (laughs) groups to like prove that you're straight I, that is a really interesting thing because, like, with K-pop, there's, there's guy groups and there's girl groups, and they, I mean, there's some groups that are, like, mixed gender, but it's not really a common thing, um, and the, something, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, like, I tend to be more into guy groups, but that's not because I'm, like, attracted to to them like it's not because i'm attracted to men like on honestly a lot of the reason why i'm less into girl groups is because of the level of sexualization of 
these women in the girl groups makes me uncomfortable. And so like it's 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 not even like a like some people could look at that and be like, oh, well, like you're more into guy groups, therefore it must just be an attraction thing. But like it's really not like I think like some of these girl groups are like super talented, but I'm just uncomfortable with the way that they're often forced to be presented. Right. They are so industry controlled and their image is very very curated in a way that they lose a lot of autonomy and they have to promote things like very toxic like oh skinny fair blah 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 and it's just not appealing at all you don't think they let girl groups in general like be as authentic or because i feel like they're so worried about like well we have to cater to the male gaze too that like the way bts like you guys are saying they're very like authentic they're very much so themselves but i don't think they really like let girl groups do that right the labels have a lot of power and the labels are always spearheaded by these old men in their 50s and 60s and i think that's kind of where the decisions are being made from bts and labels don't have girl groups doesn't have girl groups yeah well because bts is labeled too like they they tend to give a little bit more freedom to their groups but like they have a girl group that's gonna debut soon so like i'm super curious to see you know what's gonna happen there because i mean i would like to think that they would give that girl group more freedom but who knows who knows there's gay ass girl groups out there though that's true (laughs) that's true i feel like that kind of again i didn't have any questions prepared it's just talking points that's it Um, that's the show that's the show but uh, TLDR, what's the thesis statement of this episode? I don't These know. These bitches gay. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Stream BTS. Hit Sarah up if you want recommendations. True. It's true. If you, I will say, if you hit us up via social media, if you, re- if you hit us up in general, just know that I'm usually the first line of defense. So it might take a bit longer for you to get an answer because I will have to redirect your message to Sarah. Yes. And also we're bad at answering to begin with. I answered so many emails and DMs this weekend. Wow. Some of them were months old and it was people asking for advice. And I was like, you've probably figured this out by now. So you probably (laughs) don't need my advice anymore. But here it is anyway. Amazing. Uh, TLDR... Fandom is queer. <laughs> that's 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 so true. I don't think that was the thesis, but you know what? It's true. Dan BTS for clear skin. Um, Stream any of their songs. Yeah, Stan BTS to avoid heteronormativity. Yep, that's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, what what the fuck is our poll for this week? I think open ended like. Like what the first ask question you asked, Sarah, like how has BTS helped you in like your gender and sexuality journey? I like that. That's good. Okay. Oh boy, Kayla. What's Writing. your beef and your juice? Poto, what's your beef and your juice this week? Uh my juice is that I'm going on a road trip to Colorado, which is very exciting. This week. Um, and the next week I'm going to Vermont. And both of these are states I haven't seen. So You're very so busy. Exciting. Yeah, Leo season is coming. That's also a juice. Maybe I will get some serotonin. Who knows? And that's my booth. Everything is sad. <laughs> yeah. I just lay in bed all day. 
That's fair. Kayla, what's your beef and your juice? Um, my juice is that I had a good, fun weekend. It was Dean's birthday, so we did a lot of celebrating things. Um, and we ate good food and heard good music, and it was a good time. But now I'm, my beef is that now I spent a weekend, um, socializing. So now I want to never see another human person ever again. Um, valid. So, yeah. Valid. Uh, my beef is that Olympic athletes in Tokyo are starting to test positive for COVID. I can't. They're going to cancel it. Um, I know they are. Got, they're, they're not going to cancel it. You know, they're not going to cancel it. What are they going to do? They're going to say, if you have COVID, you can't compete. Yeah. Don't the Olympics start on Friday? Yeah. Why has there been no when this, hype? When this pod is out, <laughs> the Olympics have, will have started. There's like no Maybe it's because I don't watch cable anymore, but. Yeah. So I don't go, go see the golf. The tennis player has COVID. Uh, Kara Aker, who is one of the gymnastics alternates, got COVID. And America? Despite the fact that she's. Yeah. Despite the really? fact that she's a hundred, she's fully vaccinated, but she tested. Yeah, positive. I was thinking earlier today. I was like, "How annoying that all these athletes aren't vaccinated." And then I remembered that some of them are not from America, and so their vaccination isn't the same. Eighty percent of the athletes in the Olympic village in the Olympic village are vaccinated. They should some have people. like vaccines being given out to the twenty yeah. percent in the you village. Make it mandatory because some people are probably anti-vax for funsies. Yeah, true. Plus, there's so. There's so much fucking in the Olympic Village that goes on. Allegedly. <laughs> Do you know that? They have the cardboard beds this time. Well, all I'm saying the- is in years past, they like give out condoms like candy because people in the Olympic Village are like, I'm at the Olympics. It's so exciting. There's all these hot athletes from all these other countries. And it is a fuck fest. I've never it thought is. about this. It's true. But this, okay, this year. They were Probably like- not this year. We're going to have these recyclable cardboard bed frames they that are intentionally designed so, that are intentionally designed so that they can't hold two people on them. Well, they'll find I mean that won't stop the horn. I saw a tweet know. that was like, "Do you think the most athletic people in the world won't find a way to fuck standing up?" Like they'll be <laughs> fine. There's also a floor right there. <laughs> um uh anyway. Yeah. Anyway. My beef is that people have started testing positive for COVID at the Olympics. My juice is the Black Widow movie. Um, I finally got to see it. I would die for Yelena Pavlova, and I probably will. So that's all. Um, or is that the Black Widow? That's Florence Pugh. Yeah, yeah. I know the Black Widow. I like her angry Kasha. face. Have you seen the pictures of the like sad face she does in every movie? Yes. It's delightful. So She's funny. so cute. She is. Oh, okay. Um, well, you can tell us about your beef, your juice, your BTS bias on our social media at SoundsFakePod. Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash SoundsFakePod. We have a new $2 patron. It is Kate Bailey. Thank you, Kate. Yay. Uh, our $5 patrons who are promoting this week are Eliana Curry, Green underscore Sarah, who is not green, but we like you anyway. Uh, Frank Cardenas and... We have JR, who uh, bumped up from a $2 patron. Yay. Actually, they're, it, it was, it's, they're a four-pound patron, um, but, you know, we just translate everything into U.S. dollars because we love being America-centric. Our $10 patrons who are promoting something this week are Doug Rice, who would like to promote Church 2 by Emily Joy, H. Valdez, who would like to promote Keeping Your Space Clean, 
Barefoot Backpacker, who would like to promote Reclaim the Night, The Steve, who would like to promote Ecosia, R.E.K., who would like to promote Thought Slime, and Maddie, who would like to promote the Union series by T.H. Hernandez. Our, I think that was six. Well, extra yeah, that, one. That was for six. Today. Extra. Well, a little bonus. Um, our other $10 patrons are Arknest, Benjamin Ibarra, Anonymous, My Aunt Jeannie, Cass, Derek and Carissa, Kadir, Potato, Changeling MX, David J, The Stubby Tax, Simona Simon, Rosie Costello, Hector Murillo, and Jay. Our $15 patrons are Nathaniel White, NathanielJWhiteDesigns.com. My mom, Julie, who would like to promote free mom hunks. Um, her biases are her biases RM, and her bias wrecker is J-Hope. Love that. Oh, That's John Cena's, too. We established that between that between me, you, and my mom, we have all of them covered. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. It's good. <laughs> Sarah Jones, who's that Eternal Ollie Everywhere. Andy A., who would like to promote being in unions in the IWW. Martin Giselle, who would like to promote his podcast Everyone's Special and No One is. Layla, who would like to promote Love is Love, also applying to Arrow People. Shrubbery, who would like to promote the Planet Earth. Thea Chappelle, who would like to promote twitch.tv slash Melodydia. Sharana J. Brown. Maggie Cabello, who would like to promote their dogs Minnie, Leia, and Loki. Andrew Hillam, who would like to promote the Invisible Spectrum podcast. And Dragonfly, who would like to promote... Poto. Our $20 patrons... Our Sarah T, who would like to promote long walks outside, and Hum Hum of Spades, who would like to promote getting enough vitamin D. Uh, to our esteemed guest, where yes. can the people of the internet find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at P A D Y A T H E L E O, Podo, the Leo. And you should. Yes, you can also check out Dream Glow Mag on Twitter, Instagram, and dreamglowmag.com. I recently had someone uh, follow me from their from their BTS Stan account at saying that they uh, just wanted to follow like BTS accounts from there, but they also followed me because my likes are um, impeccable. And what I would like to tell you is that all of my likes come from Poto. Oh my god! So really, just follow. So- stop following Sarah and only follow Poto. <laughs> so yeah. that's what you need to know. Um, do you have anything you want to promote that isn't? What you've already said? Um, I can promote my BTS Rex playlist. Oh. Link to the description. Ooh, hell yeah. We, we will. will link that shit. Thanks, we will link that Someone shit. remind me to do that. Kayla, you should do that. Um, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Poto, for joining us. Uh, good luck transcribing this. Um, thank you for transcribing also. <laughs> Appreciate that. Become a patron to fund Poto now. That's yeah, literally what the patrons do. The patrons the, fund Poto. The Patreon money goes straight through our bank account into PayPal into Poto's bank account. So <laughs> fund Poto now. Fund? <laughs> Adopt a Poto. <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks for listening. Uh, did I already say thank you for joining us? I'm going to thank you again. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. And until then, take good care of your cows.